CBS Friday. TV's hottest show is Fire Country. I'm not a hero. I'm in orange for a reason. They're taking 12 months off your sentence. You're free. Lady. With a special epic season finale. Now that I'm out, I need something to get me up in the morning. You are a firefighter. Used to be. That will be unforgettable. In the name of your life's happiness, go get your girl. She's getting married tomorrow. Says, when do you let anything get in the way of what you want? The Fire Country season finale, Friday, 9, 8 central on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. We're back with another edition of Behind the Uniform. Pleased uh, in this series to be able to take you in deeper with the prospects, the players that you see on the field or court of play donning the maize and blue. Uh, there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes in their preparation and their lives. This gives you an opportunity to get to know those things and to get to know some of the stories behind some of the things that actually occur on the field. And joining us today is another one, another guy that I've been knowing for a long, long time, going back to his recruitment. And then he's been playing for all four years here at the University of Michigan and decided to come back. Zach Zenter. Zach, how are you, man? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Glad yeah. you could join us. And you know, obviously Michigan fans elated that you decided to come back to Michigan. So let's start there because you could have obviously gone pro. What was it that made you say, hey, let's do it one more time? Yeah, I mean, it was a tough decision. I mean, I'm, as you know, I mean, Trevor was on here. It, it wasn't an easy one. You know, I'd wake up one morning like, ah, oh, I'm going to come back, wake up another morning, I think I'm going to leave. <laughs> but I mean, when it came down to it, I just, I have so many goals here still that I want to accomplish. And, uh, you know, some of my other brothers were coming back too and uh, kind of decided, you know, I just got to run this thing back one more year. So a couple of extenuating kind of circumstances, one of them being you didn't know first if all the guys were going to come back at the time I, maybe yeah. you guys were talking but certainly once you as players made your decision you didn't quite know what was going to happen with coach Harbaugh yeah so how did that sort of for you individually play into your thought process I mean it definitely played in a little bit but uh like you know if, if coach were to leave somehow then have to learn a whole new offense they didn't promote from within and I could be learning that offense in the NFL so I mean that definitely played a role but when it came down to it it was like man I mean I we play for the brothers, like my guys on the team, the Trevor, Carson, you know, all the guys on the offensive line, Blake, JJ. I mean, we play for each other. So no matter who was coaching us, I mean, we, we were going to be in it for each other. Yeah. So but it sounds like you at least got some assurances from your brothers that. Okay, yeah. 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 You're coming yeah, back. <laughs> yeah. No, we definitely did. Yeah. We definitely were talking behind the scenes of all the social media and stuff like all right, we come back, let's run this thing back and win a natty. And we all decide, like, yeah, let's do it. Was for, for Trevor, one of the things he talked about was the feeling he had on the field in that last game, knowing yeah. every guy you talk to is like, look, that's the worst game we played all year. Yeah. Like, no disrespect intended to, I always say, no disrespect intended to TCU. Yeah. Really, really good team. But for all the mistakes you guys made, it was still a one-possession game. I, I just. Yeah. It, def it definitely left a bad taste in my mouth. I mean, it was the most mistakes we've made in the game, just the little mental mistakes that really made the difference in that game. And we, we still almost pulled it out in the end, mm -hmm. which I mean, you still go back and think about certain plays and everything. And then, but at the end of the day, I was just, when I was thinking about it, I was like, oh, I gotta make a business decision. I was trying to leave that, I was trying to leave that out of the equation, but you know, that was always sitting in the back of my head, which it definitely, it definitely had a part. So as you, as you think about it though, I mean, do you think that it was a, a team that threw something at you that you weren't expecting? 
was it just was it just you know not quite as sharp because of the layover what what would you attribute the the number of mistakes like yeah. you said i think you could add up all the mistakes over the course of the season and they they still might not equal the number in that game so i that wasn't yeah. as much tcu to me yeah i mean i don't know if i can put an exact pinpoint on like what went wrong or how or why it happened honestly but i mean it just it does leave a bad taste in my mouth. I mean, I can't even pinpoint what happened. It could be a combination of a bunch of different things. You know, maybe we we didn't. I mean, we prepared our butts off for that week, but maybe we we need to do something a little bit more. We didn't prepare enough. I mean, there's so many different. I don't want to make any excuses, but I mean, there's so many different little things that we could have done just to mentally prepare ourselves for that game a little bit better. And, you know, they came out and they they played their best game of the year, and we yeah. played our worst game of the year, and it's just. The combination of both it didn't come our way at the end yeah the reason why i asked that question is because you know you, you try to build on yeah. what happened the year prior so you guys are back you're loaded oh, yeah. i mean this yeah, team yeah. is loaded and now you have experience so you know what can you take from that experience and apply moving forward so yeah i if mean you guys are back at the doorstep again. yeah we i mean we've been there back to back years and you know we have, haven't been able to get it done so i mean that's that's what's driving us, you know. We we still have goals we want to accomplish that we haven't. So I mean, we we won the Big Ten back to back. We got that ring, but we're still missing two rings: that bowl game ring and that Natty ring. That's that's why we came back. We want to do it all. Yeah, man. So the one more year fund. I mean, that was the thing that obviously through Valiant and a lot of fans, yep. alum support. You know, NIL being used as a tool mm -hmm. to help make what you can make at Michigan comparable to what you can make in the NFL was did that play a role in you coming back at all I mean a little bit but not a ton I mean the amount that the one more year fund created compared to the millions that I'd be leaving on the table in the NFL I mean you really couldn't compare the two but I mean it is it is nice to know that like you're coming back I mean you're not going to be oh man I gotta I gotta <laughs> you know what I mean I, I don't got no money to spend or right. just to hang out coming back so I mean it definitely is nice to come back but I mean it didn't have that much of an impact where if it was nothing or if it was the what we got it wouldn't have made a difference I got opinion. you yeah so you know at the end of the day like you said for your brothers for the opportunity to leave on a much better note yeah but NIL is is definitely a thing for for definitely guys on the offensive line yeah I mean Trevor said it's not like a quarterback, but still, you yeah. guys, two-time Joe Moore Award winners, you're going to have a lot of opportunities. So how, how have you, how have the opportunities come your way? Have you had to go out and seek them out? Have they kind of come to you as a result of the success on the field? How has that worked out? Yeah, it's been a little bit of both. Uh, you know, Valiant has been a big part of helping us guys on the team get, uh, get deals throughout the year. And, you know, it's definitely... It's definitely not bad in the NIL game in Michigan. I think some people give it a, a bad rap, but um, we there's guys on the team making money. I mean, I'm not making nothing like the quarterbacks <laughs> and the running backs are, but uh, but I mean, it's it's not bad. It's not like I'm looking to I can't buy something if I want to buy a new pair of shoes or something. Right, right, right. So, I mean, we'll talk about Preston's recruitment, your brother Preston's recruitment, but going through it a second time around, kind of through his shoes and kind of seeing what is going on NIL-wise at some of these other places. Could you notice some real differences between how it goes down at Michigan and how it goes down at other places? I mean, the only little or real difference that, I mean, it is, it's like at somewhere like Notre Dame or some of these other schools is they have almost like a, a set balance of what you're going to make a year you're there. 
So Notre Dame had like for everyone on the team, no matter what walk on scholarship, first year, early enrollee, senior, everyone had like a set amount that they were going to get, which Michigan doesn't have that yet. I'm sure it's coming. It's just everything's so new that, you know, not everyone on the team's getting a certain set of money. So mm -hmm. that was really the only big difference that uh, that is that I kind of really saw. All right. So listen, uh, you know, you guys, you're the, the, the pathway from kind of boyhood to adulthood, that, that is part of your college journey, but it's also a part of the NIL journey because you're, yeah. you're making this money, you got to start making grown man decisions. Do I put some away? Do I, I got to pay taxes. I know you've met with Dave Himmick from the Himmick Group and Morgan Stanley. I'm curious as you guys kind of sat down and, and talked about how you manage the the financial part of this what were some of your takeaways from that sit down yeah it was it was a great meeting you know we talked a lot about branding and investing and you know the more you make you got to change your investment strategy up a little bit and i think the biggest thing i took away was really just talking about budgeting he and one thing he said that really stuck with me is like the more you budget the more you can spend which i never really thought of before <laughs> but you know you you put money away you got the investments going but then you you set aside you give yourself that money you can spend every month with still meeting all your goals down the line for putting that money away that's going to go into these investments with the compound interest and you know don't touch that money till you're 65 and you got a nice retirement plan sitting around that you know no one really thought you'd have when I committed to Michigan you're you know, right. NIL wasn't a thing so it's it's really nice to have something like that and just you know I think budgeting was like the biggest thing I took away so I, I'm curious how much of that education is something you have to seek out sitting down with someone like Dave right who mm -hmm. takes you through the paces or do is that kind of information, whether it's tax planning, you know, retirement planning, is that kind of education brought to you or brought as a, as a whole, as a you know, student athlete population? Yeah. So Michigan actually just started, uh, I think it was last semester. They started doing these like, uh, like kind of like for everyone, any athlete, kind of like a tax planning, a financial advisor. They'd meet like I think every few weeks they'd have like a one hour meeting on a different topic. I, I personally haven't been. I probably should go to a couple. <laughs> well, you but, got Dave, uh, right? Yeah, you know? no, I got Dave. So, but uh, so there is. There, they just started to kind of implement that because I think a lot of guys like, oh, it's, taxes are coming around from last season's NIL deals, and so I think they're trying to make sure a lot of guys have all their stuff in order. So, a few years down the line, when you're in the NFL, that they don't come looking for taxes. Yeah, I hear that. So, how you know? I wonder from your perspective, NIL in the locker room is it something that you talk to other guys about, or, or is, I mean, and when I say other guys, I don't mean Trevor and Carson. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I know you talk to yeah. them, but I'm talking about, is it a, a locker room conversation about, hey, what are you doing? And hey, what, what's going on over here? Do you guys talk about it that openly? Yeah, I feel like we do, but I mean, I feel like some of it also is kind of like, Oh, and you know how much like the the running backs and QBs are making. They're not coming over talking like, "Hey, what you got going on?" <laughs> and I'm like, "Yeah, I got I got this little thing on the side." Like, "Oh, okay." But I uh, know I mean it is talked about in uh, the locker room a lot. And I think the way Michigan's doing is like the more you play, kind of the more your name is, like the more opportunities you get. Because I think what I've heard through some of my friends and at the other teams is like some of these freshmen that are coming in, they're getting these huge NIL contracts. I think it's kind of messing the locker room vibe up a little bit because. Really? It's like you got these seniors, third, fourth year guys that have been playing for two or three years. Then you got this freshman coming in who's making a million bucks more than them. And it, I've heard uh, it, it kind of messes the vibe up in the locker room a little bit. So how, how I'm curious because you're about to go to the NFL, 
right, yeah. after this year. You're going to go into that locker room making more money yeah. in some instances than guys who are 10-year veterans. So yeah. how, why, how is that different from what's going on in some of, those, some of these college locker rooms? I think, I think the thing is, I think high school to college, I mean, you know, some of these five stars, four stars, I mean, some of them get there and they, they don't really turn out to be much. I feel like when you're in college going to the NFL, you got more film. I mean, they kind of know what they're getting when you get drafted and where you get drafted. I think the more money you make, the better you are. So I think, I think just the knowing what you're getting as a player is a little bit different from high school to college than from college to the NFL. Yeah, and so it's, it sounds like that's played a big role in making NIL not be an issue. Because it, it clearly hasn't been a big issue for you guys in your no, locker room, right? No, not at all. Yeah. Right. So uh, now as you, you, know, as you look ahead uh, and what this, this next aspect of NIL kind of looks like, man, I mean – you know there are there are more collectives yeah. now at, at Michigan. So I'm I'm curious, do you have sort of a uh, an idea of how NIL over this next year is going to be different from NIL this past year? Have you kind of gotten any? I mean a little bit. I think it's definitely going to be better this year than it was last because I mean it's all so new. And you know I think Valiant's been really the only one that was like that have been working with us like closely last year. So now I think the more collectives there are, the more people that are, uh, you know, donating money. Because I think, I'm not 100% sure, I think the university just kind of openly backed NIL a few weeks ago or something. So yeah, I think, it's like four collectives now that they have, you know, yeah. sort of, in, I don't know if endorse is the yeah. right word, but that, yeah, so that I, they sort of vouch for. Yeah, so I think now it's going to start picking up a little bit more just so that, like, you know, alumni and donors, they all... As long as the university's backing it, I feel like they're more comfortable, you know, like <laughs> <laughs> donating some more money. So I think this next year, and I mean, I mean, the next two years after this year, three or five, I mean, I think it's really going to be picking up. And I mean, I think Michigan's going to compete with anybody in the NIL game. Gotcha. So what about as, as you guys, you guys, as Michigan has gotten really involved in the transfer portal space? Yeah. I mean, you talk to guys from, from other schools. Is, do you, have you sensed NIL being a big factor in deciding where transfers go? I mean, personally, in the O-line room, I don't think that's really been a big factor. I mean, the O-line men that are transferring in, I mean, they want to be part of our unit. I mean, we back-to-back -back Joe Moore Award winners, you know, if they, they know they want to come smash mouth football, run the ball, and, you know, get do that kind of stuff. I mean, Coach Moore and all that kind of speaks for itself. I don't think that's necessarily an NIL factor mm -hmm. just to come to Michigan for that. I mean, some of the other skill positions, I, I'm not really close with that, but I'm sure NIL's got to play some type of role mm -hmm. in, in those different positions. Mm -hmm. Do you think, what do you think the future holds? I mean, because you saw, I'm sure you saw about the $13 million I offer. I did see to, that, yeah. The, to <laughs> yeah. the Florida guy. Yeah. And then obviously he didn't go there because yeah. that deal fell through do you do you see or hear about a lot of those kinds of you know deals where a guy thinks he's going to get x he gets there yeah. and, and it's not available you think that kind of thing is not going on? really but i'm sure it's happened at a lot more places than you think because i mean any coach when you're getting recruited or anyone they can tell you you know hey, you're going to get this when you come here but is that money really there i mean i it's definitely happening at other places but um I mean, it's definitely happening, which I, I think is crazy. Mm -hmm. First of all, I mean, 13 million. I mean, shoot, even if they would, they say they only had half of it for him. I mean, <laughs> you would have signed it. Yeah, like what? <laughs> I 
mean, that's like right. a second-round draft pick in the NFL. <laughs> like, I hear you. Like, what are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, I mean, you're going to take your oh, $7 million. That's not enough. <laughs> like, where, where's the paper? Right, man. So, uh, you know, I, I mentioned transfer, so that we can take the, the piece of it out of the, the equation about, you know, making the decision based upon NIL. I'm curious, as, as you look around your room, and we'll talk about the vibe in the, in the O-line room coming up. But you look around your room, and there are a lot of young guys that yeah. have been grinding, right? Yeah. Really, really paying their dues, really looking like they're ready to take a step. And then in comes some, some transfers. So I'm yeah. curious as a veteran, mm-hmm. is that something that you've had to kind of talk to the other guys about? Like, hey, you know, there's still a competition. Trevor talked about having to counsel the young guys on, on yeah. that kind of thing. Have yeah, no, it, it, it definitely is something, you know, like, I, I can imagine being a young guy and you're like, oh, yeah, like a couple guys left. Oh, it's my turn to step up. And then a couple guys come in. It's definitely something I've talked to about the young guys. I think Coach Moore handled it really well. I mean, like he said, he said not every transfer coming in is going to be Olu. You know, he's not <laughs> going to win the Remington, the Outland. So, I mean, just knowing that there is still competition, you know, nothing's set. No, no one's promised anything when they transfer in, you know. And there's it's football. Injuries happen, you know, all this. There's a lot of stuff that play into it where, I mean, I don't think I would tell the young guys don't don't transfer out because the transfer portal nowadays it's like everyone just wants to jump ship when something doesn't go their way and they want to go somewhere and start right away. I think, you know, the adversity that happens I think is something that is incredibly good for younger guys to go through, and just so when it happens down the line if you're in the NFL or somewhere else that you already have that experience. All right, so let's enough about all the other guys we'll come back to them at the end let's talk about Zach Zinner so I remember when you were getting recruited there weren't a lot of recruiting rankings right they yeah. just that region of the country yeah people don't they don't go to to scout yeah. a lot but when you came in and tested the first time and I don't know if you remember your testing stats if you do lay them out I just I remember really talking remember. to players and coaches and they were like man this this dude <laughs> yeah. is different so did you where did, coming in, did you know, oh, man, I'm as good athletically as these other guys, or did you kind of surprise yourself with how well you did? No, I mean, I kind of always knew that, you know, I could compete with these guys. I mean, like the ranking said, I was <laughs> Massachusetts guys, I mean, we got to get overlooked <laughs> at some points. But so, I mean, I always knew that I could come in and compete with these guys. And, you know, I really didn't care too much about the rating because once I got here, I mean, it doesn't right. matter what, what, what ranking you are here in college. I mean, it doesn't really matter as long as you go out there and play. Right, right. So you, but you get here, and it's not like it's just you know uh, he's uh, he was a three star and he was underrated. It was like man, he's testing out yeah. like a top hundred player. So you get in, you enroll early, and you're able to compete as a true freshman to play right away. And I I'll never forget your freshman year against Penn State. This was a down year, obviously. Yeah. It's the COVID year. Everyone is, I mean, season's basically over. And I remember before the Penn State game, you being hurt. Yeah. And I remember hearing, uh, I don't think he's going to play. Uh, you know, it, it was question. You always have a questionable scouting, mm-hmm. uh, you know, training report because you don't yeah. want the other team to know. Mm-hmm. But no, they were like, no, nah, I really don't know if he's going to play. And, man, you went out there and tried – yeah, yeah. So I had I had tore the ligament in my thumb off <laughs> in that week of practice, and uh, you know I, I wanted to go out there and try. I think I only lasted a couple drives, and I was like, I can't do it. But I mean, 
I didn't want to just lay the towel in and say, oh, this season, <laughs> this season's not going our way. I'm, I'm just going to go get surgery and deal with it that way. You see, but what stuck out to me was how guys reacted to it, other guys on the team, because it wasn't a good year. Yeah. I mean, the year was basically over. It was a good chance. Who knows? Maybe the season's going to be canceled. Every, everyone would have understood if you said, okay, I am going to get this surgery. I mean, what yeah. are you le really leaving on the table? But it says something to the other guys that this young guy is deciding, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go out here and give it what I can yeah. while I can. Did you kind of sense the impact that was having on the other guys? Yeah, I kind of sensed it a little bit. I knew, I knew as a young guy, I had the opportunity to play, and I mean, I didn't want to let the older guys down. You know, we had a couple injuries, and uh, I mean, in the back of my head, I was like, I gotta try. You know, I didn't want to let the other O linemen down because they were, they were counting on me to play. It was just a freak accident in practice. I mean. In the back of my head, I was just like, yeah, I definitely need to try. Just, How much pain were you in? It, it was pretty bad. It was one of those things. I, I've played through a lot. I've played through some high ankle sprains, but every time I'd punch or something, that, that thumb was just, <laughs> that thumb was gone. So it was pretty painful, honestly. It was one of the m more painful injuries I, I couldn't even play through, honestly. Yeah, so, but like I said, it, it says something to the other guys on the team. And Trevor said 2020 changed everything in this program. And I imagine part of it was seeing guys like you who just, even as a young guy, kept grinding no matter what. And that, that, you know, that's the kind of tone you want to set on a team. Another tone setter for you guys as a group, Coach Moore. Yeah. So I, I said this to you before. In 2021, it's basically all the same dudes, man. Yeah. You guys had all been here, and yet you come out and this smash, as you call it, it, it just, it's a switch that flips. Yeah. How? Why? What, what changed? What was so different about Coach Moore and his approach and what he brought to the table? Yeah, I think it was a combination of a few things. I mean, Coach Moore, 100%, came in, changed the vibe of the room, coming off the 2020 season. I honestly think it was the worst thing that could have happened to us that year. It was a terrible season, but I think it was the best thing that happened to us as a team at the same time. Because, I mean... Coming off that season, no one believed in us. Everyone was saying, oh, you guys are terrible. Transfer out. You're young. All this stuff. But that gave us such a motivating factor to just grind in the offseason. Coach Moore coming in, bringing a, bringing a vibe to that O-line room, you know, pretty much as a second father, you know, pushing us um, and, you know, teaching us some new techniques and stuff where we all knew what that season felt like and never wanted to have that happen again. And the entire building just flipped a switch and kind of changed our mindset. Yeah, I mean, you know, I talk about the vibe and the, the culture on the team, but I, I think it's you guys are almost a microcosm of that. You, you might as well talk about the vibe in the in the old line room. Yeah, kind of being what the whole team is like. You kind of feel like oh yeah, your we, vibe. We, def sets we definitely got an interesting vibe in the old line room. Sometimes we're a little too close <laughs> in the old line room. We have some weird conversations that go on in there. <laughs> And we're like, all right, let's get back to football here during our little breaks that we have, <laughs> intermissions that we have during meetings. But, I mean, I think it all comes down to, like, the O-linemen. I mean, we just hang out all the time in, in the facility, especially outside the facility, you know, the weekends. I mean, we all just got the same – we all have the same personalities too. So, mm -hmm. I mean, even the new transfers that come in, I mean, fit in right away. Fit mm -hmm. in right away. I mean, me, Trevor, Carson, we all live together. 
all the O-linemen are always at our house on the weekends, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's, I mean, you, you can see that vibe and that chemistry on the field, right? Yeah. So, you know, Trevor, he misses some time, and next thing you know, Gio is Gio he steps right in. Yeah. He steps right in, so you can kind of feel that you guys kind of pick each other up, yeah. right? And, and can really expect for the expectation to be for the position. Part of that is being having guys who can play multiple positions. Yeah. You're one of those guys. I remember thinking at one point, man, Zach's going to be the starting center. <laughs> yeah. Did, did, you, I, did you think that? I, thought, I mean, I was training for center that whole 21 season uh, before I broke my wrist and I ended up playing with that club. I was training the whole spring ball because we didn't know if V was back was going to hold up throughout the whole year. He ended up making it because he's an absolute animal. But, I mean, I, there was a chance that we thought I was going to be playing center at, uh, at one point for sure. And then last year, once V left, and then before Olu transferred, I'm like, well, here we go again. I better get my <laughs> snapping hand ready. <laughs> Is that something uh, that the scouts know you can do? Yeah, I think, I mean, I played, I literally, I went all spring ball last year and uh, was playing guard. And then, like, three days before, I was like, oh, yeah, you're going to be playing center this spring. We're like, all right, <laughs> well, let me get <laughs> let me get a couple snaps in, snaps in with JJ and Cade before we go out there. So, I mean, I can definitely do it. And, uh, you know, I, I did it a couple years in high school as well, so it kind of just happens naturally. All right, so let's, let's go into the season. You mentioned uh, Cade, captain. I talked about this with Trevor. A couple of captains wind up going down, wind up being absent, mm-hmm. and yet – as I said to Trevor, you guys didn't miss a beat. Yeah. And I'm, I'm curious, as you look at it, if you can see, say from your vantage point, why and how you guys were able to lose two captains and not lose the leadership quotient on the team. Yeah. I, think it, I think it just comes down to the guys we have on the team. I mean, even though we had the four or five captains set on, like, that walked out for the coin flip, I mean, we have so many leaders on the team outside of just who are picked for captains, which I think is great. Uh, great, just the great culture of our team too. I mean, Cade, one of my best friends, still talk to him all the time. Love Eric too, and you know it, it's part of the game. Injuries mm-hmm. happen all the time, uh, and you know it did. It did suck to lose lose both of those guys for the year, um, but I think just having them around, having the other guys like Olu and just so many leaders on the team step up even more once they left was uh, really cool to see. No doubt about it. Uh, one of those guys who stepped up was J.J. McCarthy. J.J. was one of the guys uh, who really had to step up, right? Uh, you know, the weight of, of the world. Uh, and yet, he's a guy that I never felt like you saw him sweat. And I'm curious when you, when you guys, as his, as his line, as his teammates, kind of realized, man, this, this dude just, he doesn't flinch in yeah. the face of adversity. Yeah. When did you guys kind of realize that? I mean, I had seen him step up in some big games, even the year before, you know, that that Georgia game, we weren't doing so hot. He came in there and helped us make some plays. And, you know, I think I had all the confidence in the world in him. I mean, JJ's just, he's a baller. You know, he goes out there cool, calm, collected. And, I mean, especially in, I think, that Illinois game. I mean, that's, I mean, even for everyone, the everyone on the entire team, especially JJ, um, I think it really shows the way that we were just able to, especially him, just Compel, compel yourself in those kind of situations when, you know, the season's on the line, stuff didn't go our way, um, and just how we fought the adversity and were able to come back. And, I mean, all the credit to J.J. to sit back there and make the throws when he needed to. Did you know that Illinois is that good before you guys took the field against them? I knew, I knew they were really good, but, you know, they were definitely, definitely a really good team when we got out there. They had a good defensive front. I mean, their 
defensive backs were flying around too. I mean, they they had a really good secondary. Yeah, Trevor said that was the best defense you guys yeah. played all season. Yeah, I I think it was too. The they had some good D linemen, and then their secondary were just flying around on the field too. All right, so but but still, it's not like playing in Columbus. I mean, they yeah. it's you know they were really good. I think it was the most talented defense you guys played as well. But the the atmosphere in Columbus, the circumstances yeah. in that game, there's just the the environment, the magnitude of the game adds a little juice to the opponent. Uh, and yet you guys went out and blew them out again. Yeah. Zach. And so, uh, you know, I've asked every guy this, you know, take me through a the prep for the game and how you were feeling. And then B, you got into the game and when you started realizing that this is going to be like last year all over again. Yeah, I mean, definitely the. I mean, we watch we watch them every week. So in the O line room, we watch a little bit of Ohio State every week, just preparing for that game. And uh, I mean, the preparation does go up a little bit for that game because I mean, it's the game. So you got you got to be ready to go. And I mean, I love I love going to away games. Honestly, I mean, riding in on the buses, all those fans that have had had a few <laughs> drinks, they're giving you the middle finger and yelling at you when you're riding in. And I mean, I think it's awesome. And I mean, we knew we had to go out there and score points to win that game. And our defense did a great job holding them when they needed to and making key turnovers. And I think, I think when I come back to it, it's like we had a couple big plays, you know, to CJ, to Colston. And then Dono broke that first run. And then we're like, all right, let's do it. Defense gets another stop. And we're like, let's run it up on him. And then he breaks <laughs> that second run. And it's like, we did this. Yeah, we did this. I've asked all the guys about kind of the realization that they have that man is happening again you could tell from the crowd they're quiet Ex yeah how, how, how do you tell from the opposition is it do they not go as hard do they not talk as much I mean how does it manifest yeah. that they know they're beating on the other side I mean I think it I think it did after we broke broke that first run long run by Dono I mean you could definitely tell in their face those D linemen and those linebackers that like they're going to have to make something incredible happen for them to have a chance to win this game. And uh, they definitely didn't stop talking, though. They were talking <laughs> to the very end, even while we were taking the knee. That is for sure. I, won't, I can't say what they were saying, but they, they were talking for sure while we were taking the knee. Man. And it, it's just awesome because, like, what are you going to say to me? I mean, we, just whoop, we just whooped you. Like, you can say whatever you want. I'm going to laugh at you, which is awesome. But, I mean, it was crazy how quiet the stadium got, though. Because it, it was loud when you were running in and there and stuff. Like coming out for the for the first time, but then when any big play we had, like the CJ Long touchdown, the two runs by Dono, and we're all running down the field to go celebrate, and it's it's kind of surreal how quiet everything got in that stadium uh, when we were running down there. It's it's something that honestly stuck with me. Like I'll never forget how quiet it got, which which was awesome. All right. So you you get to the end of the season. We kind of touched on this a little bit earlier about Coach Harbaugh and uh, how that played a role or what kind of role that played in, in your decision to, to come back. But how did you handle the uncertainty? Uh, because as I said to Trevor, you've been through it before. He's been, the veterans have all been through it before, but the new players and new coaches, I could kind of tell they were, yeah. <laughs> they were kind of, you could yeah. kind of see them like, what's going on, what's going on? Did you have to talk to guys through, through that? And, and I shouldn't take for granted, how did you handle Coach Harbaugh looking at the NFL again. Um, you know, I definitely was like, dang, we're, he might leave us again. But, uh, you know, I talked to him a few times, and uh, 
I, I, I kind of had a feeling he was going to come back. And, you know, when I called him and told him, like, hey, I'm, I want to run this thing back, he's like, let's do this thing. So, like, I, I mean, it was definitely, like, it's definitely weird kind of just, like, going through that again. I didn't, I didn't really talk to anyone, like, any of the younger guys about it, honestly, um, just because I think I had so much going on. I was trying to figure uh-huh. out what I was going to do during that whole time. Um, but it, it's definitely interesting. Like I said before, like, you don't – like, I told my brother during recruiting, like, you don't go to a school just for the coach because this is college football. Coach, uh-huh. New coaches come in and out all the time. So, I mean, I mean, I love this university, the guys on the team. So when it came down to it, I mean, I was here for them. Yeah, I mean, you know, might have to be some of those conversations going on right now because Coach Minner is interviewing. I just, I just saw that. <laughs> I was talking to Braden yeah, earlier today about that. Like, yeah, I saw that on Twitter. <laughs> and so, I'm, I'm, you know, how do you guys, you know, you're in spring ball now. Like, yeah. you're, you're in prep mode now. Yeah. So, uh, again, I know you're on the other side of the ball, but yeah. is, is that something that, you guys talk about, or do you just, you know, Trevor said, he told his guy, man, just go to the lift. <laughs> don't, don't, even, don't even pay attention to that. Is that, how, is that how you deal with it, or do you guys talk about it? Yeah, I mean, we try to just leave it out of it, because I feel like social media kind of blows a lot of stuff up more than it is. But, uh, I mean, I, we definitely talk about it a little bit. Like, I was talking with Braden, who I also lived with for a while, McGregor, and it's like, yeah, we're, we're in spring ball now. Like, so, I mean, we were talking about, it, like, he were to leave, they'd probably just promote from within to keep it. You know, I mean, it's kind of late in the game at right. this point. So, but, I mean, like, it's it's part of football. I mean, coaches come and go all the time. And, I mean, it's just – I think that's part of the game, some of the adversity you got to deal with. Right. So, look, yeah, this is the, the time of improvement in you know, spring balls where you can obviously, um, you know, work on different aspects of your game. What are the things for, for you – Zach, that you identified coming back for your final year, he said, man, I really need to improve here. I really need to improve there. What were those? Yeah, I mean, there's playing offense line. I mean, there's something always to improve on. A little tweak here, a little tweak there. But, you know, staying low in the run game is a big one. You know, using my hands a little bit more, getting some better strikes, punches in the mm-hmm. pass game. So, I mean, there's going to be stuff I'm going to improve on even years down the line. But, I mean, those are a couple of the big things I'm going to try to work on. How do you anticipate with – Coach Moore becoming the full offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. How do you think that impacts you guys as an offense? What, if any, changes? Well, maybe we won't notice them, but that you think you'll notice? Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely excited for him. I think he's going to do great. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure too much how I'm allowed to say about how they ran it last year, but I think it's going to be a smoother operation this mm-hmm. year with him being the, the only OC in the room, I, like what on I was the told, field. Let, so let me let me interject. You didn't yeah, say. Yeah. It. I heard it was third down and red zone for Weiss, and then yeah. So that's that's how it was run. <laughs> I don't know how that's heard, but if I'm allowed to say that or not, well, <laughs> that's how it was. And uh, so I think I think it's gonna be a little smoother operation now because like it. I feel like it's hard. Just you know, like you're running these plays, setting up something else, and third down comes around or red zone. So I, I feel like it's gonna run smoother. And you know, I've got all the confidence in Coach Moore. I mean. He's got a great mindset. So does uh, Coach Campbell, who's now the QB's coach. I mean, those two together with all the other coaches. I mean, it's gonna it's gonna be fun. Yeah, man. So I, I you know I talked to uh, one of the recruits uh, who was really really cool with JJ, right? He's known JJ. Mm-hmm. Uh, has been a mentor for him in his recruiting process, and he he's been asking him about Coach Campbell, and he said, man, JJ is beyond excited. Yeah. About Campbell being the QB coach. So I'm curious as his teammate. 
have you kind of gotten that vibe from him as well? Yeah, because he was like our, I don't know what his exact role was, like analyst, operations guy last year. So him and Coach Moore, I mean, they'd be talking all the time. And the uh, their kind of offensive meeting was right across from the offensive line room. So like some of us older guys, when we get our little breaks in between in between our O-line meeting, you know, you got to decompress, go to the bathroom, whatever. We go and sit in there with Coach Campbell and Coach Moore and like just talk ball. And like they always got film up or some music playing in there. So, I mean, I'm super happy he got the job, and I think he's gonna he's gonna kill it. I think he's gonna bring a lot to a lot to the table. Yeah, man, it's uh, it, it definitely is is clear that for for the offense, if you guys are in a position to pick up right where you left off yeah. last year. So I'm I'm curious with an experienced JJ, and you have Blake and Donovan back, have pretty much of an experienced offensive line. What do you expect? For, for the offense. I mean, you guys know you can pound it down people's throat, but now you know you can throw it down the football field. So what does that look like next year? Because we saw the offense look yeah. different at different phases of the year last yeah. year. I think, I think honestly, when it comes down to it, like our offense is we're going to be able to do what we want to do this year. If we want to run the ball, we're going to run it. If we want to pass, we're going to be able to pass. And I think it's going to be tough for defenses this year because, you know, they'd they pack the box. They think we're going to run it all the time. They're like, oh, you know, they didn't trust J.J. with the deep ball in the early in the year and all this. So they'd put they'd bring blitzes and different stuff to try to stop us in the run. But I think this year they're going to realize that they can't just do that. And they're going to have to play us balanced for run and pass, which I think is going to be scary for them. I got you. So uh, Drake Nugent, give me your early impressions of, uh, of oh, Drake. Yeah. Oh, I love Drake. I mean, he fits right in. I mean, he's one of the guys coming on spring break with us next week. So, I mean, that kind of tells you that he fit right in. And, and uh, he's just one of the boys now, just right in with us. So, I mean, you, you hate to compare players, but, uh, you know, he slides in kind of like Olu slid in for you guys last year. How are they different? How are they similar? Um, I mean, both great dudes. I mean, I can't really speak much on the play just because it's the first couple right. days of working with them, you know. We're just we're not even in pads yet, honestly. Um, but I mean, I don't know if I can compare him to Olu to them together. Like I really just don't have that knowledge yet. Mm -hmm. I mean, Olu was phenomenal player. I mean, right. one of the best I've ever played with. But I just I just don't haven't played with uh, Nuge yet, so I honestly can't say. So have you seen him in, in in workouts? Is he? You know, I think Trevor said he just looked like build wise and power wise. Oh yeah, he's you strong know. for sure. You know, he's got he's got the big traps, the big legs. He's definitely he's definitely got the build to be a great player. All right, so what are your I mean, you got a chance to at least see how Miles moves. Yeah. Right? So what do you what have been your early impressions of just him athletically? I mean, he's he's a big dude first of all. I mean, <laughs> I knew he's a big dude, but he showed up. I was like, "Yeah, you're a big dude." And he and he moves. He moves great. Uh, you know, He's he's super athletic, which is which is awesome, especially for being being how big he is. So you you guys have gotten through winter conditioning. It's early in spring ball. I know we are dealing with a limited uh, sample space of information, but who kind of jumped out at you for making gains? I know everyone improves, but who jumped out at you like man? Well, it could even be a freshman that you saw, but yeah. that you looked at and was like man, I I wasn't expecting that. Um. Let's see here. It, should, it is so early, but uh, I mean, through winter workouts and stuff, I mean, man, that's a tough one. Let me think. 
I'll let I mean, you pun. Think about I honestly, that. I honestly don't know. Just it's so early. We're on helmets, so like we really I haven't really seen much out of some of the freshmen. And I stuff got like you. That. I got you. All right. So uh, one guy that I look at that I thought the way that he finished the season, the game that he played against Ohio State, Braden McGregor. Braden McGregor is your guy. Yeah. And I tell people there's so much with him that is Aiden like. He looks yeah. like Aiden. He's like the same size as Aiden. You look at his athletic background in lacrosse and basketball yeah. in high school like Aiden, right? And you can see some of those plays in Ohio State, whether he's dropping in the coverage or rushing the passer, yeah. that looked like that too. Now, I don't want to put the pressure on him saying that he's going to be Aiden, but mm-hmm. he looks like he's the guy that's ready to explode. No, he definitely is the guy that's ready to explode. And honestly, it didn't even cross my mind to think about him as most improved because I feel like he had it last year. He just didn't get some of those opportunities that I think uh, some of the other guys did just to go out there and make those plays. He started playing more towards the end of the season. But, uh, I mean, he is he's definitely going to have that year this year where, you know, I think some of the people may not be thinking about him a ton. But mm-hmm. he's definitely going to have a standout year for sure. I got you. All right, man. So last couple for you here, Zach. Look, you, when you make a decision to come back uh, you, and you set the bar – so high, you know, there is, there is a, you know, there is a, a tendency for some guys to, to maybe lose track of what's right in front of them. Like they're, they're only focused on, on the end, yeah. only focused on Ohio State, only focused on the playoff. How do you avoid that? How do you keep one foot in front of the other yeah. uh, as a team? Cause you don't, you don't want to have any, you can't have any slip ups these yeah, no. days before this. How do you avoid that? I think, one thing I've been stressing a lot to the young guys is the little details. You know, the little details is what always have come back to bite us in the butt at the end of the season. And even through winter workout, like, we just have little things that we do in the weight room that if it's not, if it's that that far off, then, you know, we're doing push-ups or something else. And I've been telling them those little details in winter can translate to spring ball. They're going to translate to the season. And when it's when it's fourth quarter and we got to go win the game, it's those little details that uh, are going to do it, help us win. And it's, it's kind of tough because, you know, some of us older guys, we had that COVID season where everything didn't go our way. And uh, we had that to kind of motivate us to, to be where we are today, where some of these young guys coming in, freshmen, all they know is success right now. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, we've been trying to stress on, on it's not all sunshine and rainbows at some points. Like adversity hits, you got to be mentally prepared to take, take on those and end up winning a game. All right, so it's shout out time. People that I, I, you know, that I think you would want to shout out, Tiffany Zinner. Yeah, yeah. Paul Zinner. Yeah. Hey man, you know, as as parents go, making sure that you guys have had all the opportunities athletically. I mean, they're about it. I I know covering your recruitment, covering Preston's recruitment. Paul is always like, hey, check out this tape. Yeah. Check out this game. Yeah. Going to this camp. Man, your circle is super strong. So yeah. I, you can't get to where you, you got into without Oh, them. no, no doubt. Without my parents, my family, I mean, my brother, my sister, I mean, without my parents helping me, pushing me, I mean, giving me every opportunity I needed. And, and uh, I mean, I definitely wouldn't be here where I am without them. Yeah, it's, you know, as you look at, at your brother going through the process, you think he had it easier because he um, came after you? <laughs> I tell him all the time, like, you know, I had, I had to start this train <laughs> of, of getting recruited and being for, being up there at Mass, but 
I mean, maybe it was a little bit easier, but I mean, recruitment's hard all around. I mean, if you're not a good player, you're not going to get recruited. You're a good player, you're going to get recruited in the end. So, I mean, I don't really know. Man, I, I, like to, I like to give them crap about it sometimes. You know, it's, it's so your, your parents have, they've flown, been able to flow pretty seamlessly into saying go blue. And uh, do you say go Irish? I don't even know what you say. Uh, I don't know. Exactly. I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know what, what, even say. Know what you yeah, say, right? Sure. But they. They seem to do a good job of wearing both hats, man. Yeah. Now you got to be a Notre Dame fan. Have you has that? Yeah. Have you processed that yet? No, it really hasn't. Pro- <laughs> honestly, like my aunt, she bought me like a like a Notre Dame hat for Christmas, and I was like, <laughs> I'm not gonna wear this like unless unless I'm like at his game and he's playing or something. <laughs> I don't mean I don't know, but I mean I think. I think the good thing is we don't play him for a while, but when we do play, I'm like, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna beat you guys pretty good. <laughs> All right, so who's the better athlete? You or Preston? <sighs> I mean, because I, now I'll find the stats. I'll find your, your winter conditioning yeah. stats from a couple of years ago and compare them to now. Yeah. But you you test off the chart. Like if yeah. you went to the combine, you will be one of the top testing linemen at the combine. Yeah. I am certain. So yeah. I want to give you your credit. Yeah. At the same time, ask you is Preston a better athlete than you? I mean. I don't want to say, but I mean, he's probably, I mean, for his build and stuff like that, he looks a little different. <laughs> I mean, he's probably a little more athletic, but I mean, I'm super athletic for my position and what I do, but I mean, yeah, he's probably going to beat me in some stuff <laughs> athletically, you know? <laughs> I don't, I, don't send him that clip or something like that, but. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, all, it's playing on the loop, man. Uh, you said it now, it's going to live in perpetuity. Yeah. Last one for you. So. Play this, uh, I ask every guy, play this last season. Play that movie for me, what it looks like through the lens of Zach Zinner. Yeah, I mean, we had big goals going into last season. Uh, you know, we wanted to win the Joe Moore, Big Ten, beat Michigan State. We had fell short the year before, beat Ohio State again, and, you know, go back to the college football playoffs. And, you know, we, had, we were accomplishing all of our goals throughout the whole year, doing great. Um, had some adversity along the way. It always wasn't perfect. You know, we had a couple great games. We had like 400 rushing yards against Penn State. I won't forget that. That's mm-hmm. for sure. That was pretty awesome. Um, you know, Michigan State, you know, getting them, beating them again, getting Paul back. That was awesome. Uh, going to Ohio State, just being in Columbus. We hadn't done it. Everyone, everyone didn't think we were going to be able to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just going in there, being able to do it coming back uh, and then going to the Big Ten Championship, doing that all over again. Um, I mean, memories I won't forget. And another one I won't forget is not being able to get it done in the college football playoffs, which it's always right there in the back of the mind. That's why I said play play this one. Play 2023. Oh, this yeah, one. Play oh, this oh, one for oh, me. Oh. This one. Oh, okay. Like. Yeah, yeah. All right. My bad. I thought you meant last season. Um, I think I think the entire team that knows what that feeling was last year, and we don't want it to happen again, which we said the year before, but I think guys being older and uh, just going through that mindset, we're going to start, we can't, we got to start the season off strong. You know, we always talk about we can't look past the first three non conference games because mm-hmm. one of those slips up, it's not good. So <laughs> you can't, definitely can't look past any of those teams because, I mean, this year, Michigan is going to be everyone's game I mean Mm -hmm. everyone wants to beat Michigan this year no matter who it is and uh one thing we've been talking about just as a team is just forget the I think it was the coach uh coach Moore gave us this quote is like the lion doesn't care 
what the sheep think or something like that. So like everyone's giving Michigan all the praise right now in the world. Uh, we're the great, we're a great team and all this, but don't listen to it. You know what I mean? Don't get too high. Don't get too low. Stay right there in the middle and, you know, just work hard and we'll accomplish the goals we want to this year. Yeah, he's like Buddha. He's yeah, like he, <laughs> yeah, he, he does give some quotes. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, Zach, Hey man, it's been a blast. It's been a pleasure. Looking forward to seeing you uh, do it one more time oh, yeah, in the maize and blue. So good luck this season. Have fun on spring break. I will. And <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you again in the fall, man. I thanks appreciate a lot. you having me. Thanks. All right. Thanks a lot. All right, folks. And so that'll do it for this edition of Behind the Uniform. If you missed any episodes, you can always catch them on the YouTube page. Be sure to like the video. Be sure to subscribe to the channel. And if you're listening to this on the podcast, be sure to like it. Be sure to subscribe to it. Tell all your friends about it. They can get it wherever they get their podcasts. That's Google, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, you name it. And last but not least, always find us over at MichiganInsider.com. One dollar gets you in your first month. Until next time, folks, thanks for watching another edition of Behind the Uniform.